This is Angela Bowen, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? Oh, I'd say honestly, this winter has been going pretty decently. I mean, granted, yes, we're only in the second full week of January, but if it keeps up like this until spring, I will be all happy. Um, I haven't finished reading any books this week, but I did see a few movies over the weekend. I did see, let's see, Saturday I saw two movies. I saw A Dog's Way Home, which is based on a book by W. Bruce Cameron. And then I saw Ben is Back, which has Julia Roberts in it and Lucas Hedges. And on Sunday, I saw If Beale Street Could Talk. So, And basically, the plot to A Dog's Way Home is a dog travels 400 miles in search of her owner. And if you've seen A Dog's Purpose, then you know that the dog does, it doesn't talk out loud to anybody, but it's the dog's internal thoughts. And I thought this was cute, like A Dog's Purpose. And... When I saw this movie, I got to see a trailer for A Dog's Journey, which is a sequel to A Dog's Purpose. Um, A Dog's Purpose, the book, these are all books. Um, A Dog's Purpose actually was published way back in like 2010 or 2011. And for the longest time before 2016, I kept thinking... Is it going to happen? Because I'd always look at IMDb. I'd see the thing, the movie title up there, but no release date, no cast, no nothing. And then finally, just to see that, I was so excited. And not only did we get A Dog's Purpose, now we're getting A Dog's Journey, um, A Dog's Way Home, which I have the book. I haven't read that yet, but I'm going to. And we are also getting the other book, the other Dog Center book, by W. Bruce Cameron. That is the writer. So if you like the... I highly recommend the audiobooks. I've read the physical books for A Dog's Purpose and A Dog's Journey. They are amazing. Definitely read them. They are so heartwarming, heartfelt, sweet, funny, sad. It will give you all the feels. Um, we are also getting... The movie, The Dogs of Christmas, which is a it's a small book by W. Bruce Cameron, and let me get into that here. Dogs of Christmas. When a guy finds himself with a new litter of puppies and seeks help at a local animal shelter, he ends up falling for the woman who works there. Yes, that was a sweet book, too. I really liked it. I'm really looking forward to the movie. I think this guy, because he's written 
Actually, that show, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, that show was based on a book that he wrote. And I haven't read that book. I I still gotta watch the show. It has the late John Ritter. And I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I definitely gotta check it out. <clears throat> the second movie I saw Saturday, entitled Ben is Back. This is, a, according to IMDb, a drug addict teenage boy shows up unexpectedly at his family's home on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, Julia Roberts and, uh, I think it's Courtney, Courtney B. Vance, who's African-American. Um, they are married, they have two little kids of their own who are probably under the ages of 10, and then she has two children, a boy and a girl, from a previous marriage. Um, Ben and a daughter named Ivy. The girl, Ivy, actually, I recognize her, she was played, uh, she was in the movie Paranormal Activity 4. I haven't really seen her in anything else, but... I thought it was a good movie. Uh, the boy Ben has been having drug problems for a, a while. He was in a treatment facility. So it was a big surprise when Julie Roberts, the mother, the daughter, and the two little kids, they come home from choir practice and Julie Roberts sees her son just standing in the driveway and she just gets right out and runs to hug him, and she's so happy that he's there. But her daughter kind of knows this guy's had, he's had problems before, caused problems due to his drug problems with, um, he's caused problems for the family and everything. I'm not going to say anything else. I just, I think it's a good movie. Um, the last movie, the movie I saw Sunday, is If Beale Street Could Talk. And this was a good movie. Um, like the movie Ben is Back, which came out, I think, in limited release in early December. And then If Beale Street Could Talk, I guess, was also limited release in November, so I kept waiting for it to come to my theater. Like, is it going to? Is it going to? I'm never going to see these movies, am I? Finally, last week, I look at the lineup of movies to come for my theater. I'm like, yes, all these movies, all these movies I've been wanting to see are here. I'm seeing them. I'm seeing a double feature on Saturday. I'm seeing A Dog's Way Home and Ben is back. Luckily, um, the first movie started, um, A Dog's Way Home started at 10.55. Uh, ben is back started at 2, so I had like about an hour to kill. So I just kind of hung around in the lobby and ate some popcorn and stuff and just played on my phone for a bit. And, uh, it, it was, it was cool. It was a good time. Jeremy had some work stuff to do from home, so I just kind of did my thing, and then I'm like, alright, I'm seeing if Beale Street could talk on Sunday. And if Beale Street could talk, a woman in Harlem embraces her pregnancy while she and her family struggle to prove her fiancé's innocent, innocence of a crime. Um, and here's another one. It said, uh, this is also based on a book, um, says Baldwin's novel follows Tish, a newly engaged Harlem woman who races against the clock to prove her lover's innocence while carrying their firstborn child. It's a celebration of love told through the story of a young couple, their families, and their lives. And, oh, shoot. 
my timer. Um, my lunch. I'll be right back, guys. Alright! Well, today, we are going to be talking about the episode, Season 1, Episode 19, entitled, Three's a Crowd. Ricky is miffed when Kate joins his ski trip with Edward and starts to worry that he'll increasingly be ignored as their relationship develops. This episode's got a 7.8 out of 10 rating based on 19 ratings. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Gary Furrier, written by... Written by Aubrey Tedman, creator Ben Starr, creator Martin Cohen, and creator Howard Leeds. There's a lot of creators on the show. Uh, there's no trivia. Yeah, right. Let's get ready. Alright, well we come out of the intro and we are actually in Ricky's room. We haven't seen this room for a while. And he is packing a suitcase. He's getting ready to go on that ski trip. He puts on one of those hats, you know, the kind that's got, like, the mouth hole and then it's got the holes for the eyes. And he's looking into this little mirror, sticking his tongue out, like, ugh. They, do they still make hats like that nowadays? Because that seems like whenever somebody's, like, either robbing a place, that's what they use, is the hats that have the eye holes and the mouth hole, so you can't uh, identify them. And Derek comes in <laughs> while uh, Ricky's playing with his face and the hat in the mirror, and he's like, oh, hey, Rick, that's a great improvement, as Ricky pulls the hat off. <laughs> well, Derek says, well, that's an improvement, and Ricky's like, yeah, especially some of the girls that I've seen you with. Oh, jeez. So, I think Derek's a little jealous here. You know, he's like, well, Rick, you sure are lucky you get to go and pal around with your dad on a ski weekend. And you think that Ricky will be happy about that, but he's like, oh, yeah, um, Kate's actually coming, too. He's not happy about that. You hear it in his voice. Like, it's supposed to be a father-son deal, but now Kate's coming along. It's kind of putting a damper probably on all his plans. He's probably like, oh, yeah, when we get there, Dad and Kate are going to be spending all this time together, and anything I want to do with my dad is pretty much out the window. So I'm going to play this clip. Hey, Rick. Hi, Derek. By the way, that's a big improvement. <laughs> yeah, especially over the girls I've seen you with. <laughs> I hate to admit it, Rick, but you sure are lucky. Just you and your dad pounding around on a ski weekend. Yeah, well, uh, Kate's coming too. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh-oh. Come on, Rick, let's face it. With Kate up there, your dad's not going to be paying any attention to you. Once he sees Kate in the ski pants, he'll be lucky if he remembers your name. <laughs> Wash out your mind, Derek. Believe me, with you, it'll be a short rinse. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Look, I'm glad Kate's going. We're all going to have a wonderful time. And I'm not going to allow your sick imagination to spoil it. Not a boy, Rick, good attitude. It's totally unrealistic, but it's good. Talk all you want, Derek. It's not bothering me. Not bothering you, huh? Tell me, are you going to wear that jacket or lick it and stick it on a letter? So, I think in Derek's jealousy of Ricky's relationship with his father, you know how Derek likes to really stick it 
to Ricky as far as I'm going to plant these ideas in Ricky's head, which shouldn't be too hard to do because Ricky's already thinking these thoughts. Derek's just adding more fuel to the fire. Um, he mentions how, oh, with Kate coming along, your dad isn't even going to remember your name once he sees Kate in those ski pants. And Derek, like, kind of, like, licks his lips like he's imagining it. It's like, kid. Uh, and Ricky's just like, it's not bothering me at all as he's, I think it's like supposed to be a, a windbreaker jacket that he's like, Ricky's like got between his hands and he's like squeezing it and like rolling it up and everything like that. Like, hey, it doesn't bother me at all. And Derek's like, oh, it doesn't, does it? So are you going to wear that jacket or are you gonna lick it and put it on a envelope or something like that like what that joke who wrote that joke that joke doesn't make any sense as ricky kind of stops what he's doing and looks at his jacket like oh yeah right so ricky's like for the last time derek my dad isn't going to pay any more attention to Kate than he does to me. It's going to be fine. And then we hear Edward shout up the stairs. Hey, Rick, let's move. We got to pick up Kate. Yeah, so that pretty much just um, explains that Derek might be semi-ish. Not 100% right, but he's on to something there. Last time. My dad won't pay any more attention to Kate than he does to me. Hey, Rick, hurry up! We gotta pick up Kate! We don't want to keep her waiting! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't quite catch what he said. <laughs> He's just being polite, Derek. Yeah, sure. Here you go, Rick. You can't need this. The Bible? What for? Thou shalt have plenty of time for reading on this trip. <laughs> Yeah, Edward mentions how, oh, we don't want to keep Kate waiting. So his mind is purely focused on Kate. And Derek's like, oh, what was that? I, I didn't quite catch all of what your dad said. Sounds like he wants to get on the road to get to Kate. And Ricky's trying his best not to let it get to him. Derek pulls a book off Ricky's shelf in his bedroom, and it's... I could have thought that, like, yeah, he pulled the Bible out of there. It's like, oh, well, here you go. You might need some, uh, have a lot of reading time while you're there. So here you go. And he plops it in Ricky's suitcase. Like, eh, I think Ricky just leaves a book in there and, like, shuts the suitcase. Now we get Derek coming down the stairs. I'm surprised there was time for Derek to come over and visit for a hot second. Because we come down the stairs and I'm not sure what is Edward doing with those skis as he... Like, waxing them, is he, he must be waxing the, the bottoms of them, right? I don't, I've never skied before in my life, so I have no idea. How long is this ski trip? Ricky's got a suitcase that's almost as wide as, as, or as tall as, or it's almost as wide as he is tall. So I'm going to blend this clip as Derek is always trying to be uh, extra sweet. To Edward and I think at this point in the series because we're almost done with season one that Edward sees through Derek's 
like his little sweet nature. He knows the kind of guy kid that Derek is. Like, maybe it would have been you know in early season one he was fooled, but now he's like he's hip to what's going on. Like Derek's personality. <laughs> sincerest hope that your impending ski trip will be filled with moments that upon later reflection will bring you great joy and satisfaction. Well, Derek, let me accept with gratitude your good wishes vis-a-vis -vis my impending ski trip. <laughs> and to verify that we're thinking of you, we may chance to send a card of a postal nature. Uh, Dad, don't make any promises we have no intention of keeping. <laughs> well, that's my cue, sir. I bid you a fond farewell. Richard, they have an excellent library up there. <laughs> Derek, you know what? I've read somewhere that there's a little bit of good leaving the worst person. That must have been written before you were born. <laughs> so, Derek then bids a fond farewell. Look, I gotta, I gotta scoot. And... Before he leaves, he tells Rick, like, hey, I hear there's a great library up there at the ski lodge. And Ricky, of course, gets his digs into Derek, like, oh, you know, Derek, I read somewhere that um, there's a little good in everybody. However, I think that was probably written before you were born. <laughs> yeah. Good one, Rick. So Derek leaves, and now Ricky is probably going to nonchalantly bring up Kate and whether or not his dad will have time to spend with him on the ski trip. So he kind of asks, like, oh, um, while you and I are skating, uh, while you're teaching me how to skate, like, what's uh, Kate going to be doing? And Edward's not even, you know, he's still working on, you know, waxing his skis. And he's like, oh, well, she's going to be going, you know, skiing with us. You know, it's all three of us together. And you can just hear the disappointment in Ricky's voice. As he's all like, oh, great. And that gets Edward's attention. Like, oh, what was that, son? Something wrong? And he's like, something the matter, son? And Rick's like, oh, well, no, no, of course, um... It's just, with us doing our father-son thing, you know, what's poor Kate going to be doing? Like, just sitting around, being bored. <laughs> so, um, Edward kind of takes this more along the lines of, like, oh, Rick, you're such a good kid, caring about other people's feelings. Where in the way, I think it's more like... Rick, I think he just wants his dad to say, like, oh, it's going to be a you and me father-son weekend with Kate along for the ride. As in, yeah, we're just going to ditch Kate and she'll just be there by her. He's not going to say that. He's not. I, I think in Edward's eyes that he can make time for his son and his, I guess if you want to call Kate a girlfriend, that he can have time with both of them, that they're all going to do activities together, so she and Ricky don't feel left out. So, yeah, I think that Edward, he's not really cluing into, um, what Ricky's really feeling. He's kind of making it seem like, oh, you're such a good son, you care about other people's feelings. Yeah, yeah, that's it, Edward. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. Dad? Hey. I was wondering, while well, you're teaching me how to ski, 
What's Kate going to be doing? Well, she'll be skiing with us. Oh. Great. Something matter, son? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> just with me and you doing our father-son stuff. I'm afraid the poor Kate might just feel left out. Uh, Rick, you are one heck of a kid. You're so sensitive to other people's feelings. I try. <laughs> You're right. We can't let Kate feel left out. So I'll just make sure I spend a whole lot of extra time with her. <laughs> Thanks for making me aware of the problem, son. <laughs> I'll mention it. Well, actually, it turns out that he's like, oh, good thing that you made me aware of this, son. I'm going to make sure to spend extra time with Kate so she doesn't feel left out. And, of course, the doorbell rings. It's Kate at the door. And when Edward goes to answer the door, Ricky is taking his fist and pounding his head, forehead like, stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> wow, uh... Kate's dressed kind of nicely, but she doesn't look at all happy. Like, you think if you were going on a ski weekend, you'd be happy. I mean, you're going with your supposed, you know, your boyfriend and everything like that. And his kid, she just, something's up. Kate, are you okay? Something's wrong. Uh, Rick, help me get her to the couch. Honey, did somebody get hurt? Somebody in your family? Oh. <laughs> well, who is it? right away something's going on with Kate she's not happy she looks visibly upset and it's almost like when they they get her over to the couch like something's happened what's wrong did something ha and Ricky's like did something happen to a family member and Kate sits down between Edward and, and, and Ricky and she's just her face is just crumbled up she's you know visibly you know her lips are trembling and she's just really like and she says, it's my cat. She broke her nose. Um, can a cat do that? How does a cat break their nose? Can they break their nose? I'm going to go look that up because I really want to know. I have a cat, so that would probably be good to know. Okay, I did look it up. It says, yes, they can break their nose. They may need medication from their veterinarian for swelling. Nothing OTC and or pain if they are di having difficulty breathing. If you suspect your cat may have broken their nose, you should consult your veterinarian. This person said, my cat crashed into the door, maybe broke his nose. Oh, oh, that's sad. What so what happened with Kate's cat? How did she break her kitty? You know, when she, well, the way that Ricky's like, did something happen to like a family member? Like, 
someone in like a car accident or in the hospital and it's almost like when she says it's my cat you hear the audience kind of laugh at that like oh it's just a cat like a cat is a family member i thought she was gonna say her cat died her or something to that effect i mean yeah it said the cat broke its nose but i assumed it was really serious like it got you know hurt or like really really like that it had passed or something but the cat broke its nose maybe she'll tell us how it happened and uh so i got I'm guessing that, okay, what, she goes on the, the ski trip, she's depressed, and Edward's going to spend all of his time making her feel better? I, I, I haven't seen this episode, but I'm guessing maybe that's what happens? Fluffy. Oh, it was awful. Well, you know how she likes to follow me around everywhere? Well, I was going through the swinging doors between the living room and the kitchen, and I... Totally without thinking, I let the door go and it slammed. <laughs> I'll hear that for as long as I live. Oh, honey, I haven't heard you this upset since Fluffy had that terrible hairball problem. Kate, did you take it to an animal hospital? Yes, Cedars of Doberman. Excellent institution, fine reputation. Anyhow, Edward, I I don't see how I could go skiing with you this weekend. Well, I have to be with Fluff. Oh, Kate. Oh, Kate, that's too bad. <laughs> but I guess it is best that you stay with Fluffy. After all, a broken nose is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> So, interesting that Kate mentioned a swinging door from the kitchen to the living room because on sitcoms, they all have swinging doors. I don't think we ever see Kate's place. But she was going through the swinging door, and you know how swinging doors usually, they, like, you know, go back into, into place and everything. They swing back. The cat follows her. Fluffy follows her everywhere, and the door hit, boom, and the cat goes, meow. And, and poor Kate is just distraught, like, oh my god, that's my cat! She took the cat to something like Cedars of Doberman or something, which Edward says is a very fine institution. And she mentions to Edward, I don't think I'm going to be able to make the ski trip. And Ricky, I figured he wasn't going to show his smile, like, he, he's over the moon about this. Like, great, Kate's out of the picture. It'll be Dad and me. As he looks to the ceiling, like, he's like, Thank you, God! Thank you! Yes! And then, of course, he pats Kate's knee, like, Oh, it's okay. As Edward is kind of caressing Kate's head against his chest, like, Honey, it's okay. It's okay. I know you need to be here with Mr. Uh, Fluffy and take care of her. So... And Ricky's like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, a broken nose is nothing to sneeze at. And they just kind of look at Ricky like, do you have to say that? When I um, brought Liesl home and I was getting her set up in her cage and everything, I didn't realize that Quinn was, like, right behind me. And when I stepped backward, I guess I, I didn't see her. I, like, 
I think I stepped on like a foot or something, but she went, Meow! and I just felt so terrible. Of course, Jeremy thought it'd be funny to throw in a joke like, oh, look, you're already forgetting your other pets because you have a new one. Like, I felt terrible. I don't want to hurt my baby girl. I still remember when Jeremy was in the kitchen cooking one time and Quinn was right behind him and he stepped on her foot and she kept screaming because... He, he didn't realize it right away. I'm like, you're on her foot. You're on her foot. Get off her foot. So, and Ricky kind of backpedals like, oh, no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm serious. And Edward even goes so far as to say, Kate, we could cancel our ski trip as Ricky's kind of waving back and forth like, no, 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 don't cancel, don't cancel. And he has only got eyes for Kate right now. He's not even really thinking about how Ricky would feel in the situation either. So, if anything, he's probably thinking we can postpone this trip for another time when your cat is feeling better. Oh, because he says we can cancel our ski trip and just go with you to the hospital. And Kate is like, no, 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 honey, don't do that on my account. You, you and Rick need to go on that ski trip. So I'm going to play this clip. I mean it, feel serious. Well, Kate, we could cancel our ski trip and go with you to the hospital. Oh, no. No, I'm not into no skiing, okay? Enjoy yourself. Keep back here. Have a good time and give me a call when you get back, okay? All right. Here, Kate. Get fluffy a rubber mouse. <laughs> Thank you. I will. Bye. Dad, this is a real disappointment. But I think what we should do right now is pick ourselves up. And go out and have a great time. He would want that. <laughs> and so would Fluffy. So, Kate, yeah, she tells them, no, you two go on your ski trip. This is important. I'll go to the hospital and stay with Fluffy. And Edward walks her to the door, gives her a couple bucks, says, hey, get Fluffy a rubber mouse on me, okay? And she leaves, and Ricky's like, all right, Dad, you know, we definitely, we should go on this ski trip. Kate would want us to, and Fluffy would also want us to. And now we get to the the lodge set. This is really a nice setup. It's a um, wood paneling. It's got a large sliding door. It's got a nice, like, gold and cream-colored plaid couch with a wood coffee table and a nice rocking chair with a red cushion on it and a fireplace it's this is so nice oh it's also it's got that retro well it would be retro back then but it's like a multicolored multi-striped um curtain on it it's just like let's look at a really nice set a table with two chairs there. Um, if Kate were to come along, where else are they going to get another chair to 
put someone there. I'm trying to see, wouldn't, wouldn't this be set up with, like, also a fridge and a stove and stuff like that? So Ricky is beyond excited as he and his dad come into the room. This is like a hotel suite. It is that nice. Ricky's like, oh my gosh, there's a fireplace. Hey, Dad, we can roast marshmallows. Did you bring any? And Edward's like, well, no, but hey, we can roast Twinkies, right? Like, oh, yeah, that could be kind of yummy and gooey. <laughs> Why didn't you bring any marshmallows? Well, maybe they didn't think that they'd be getting a fireplace. There is a picture of, uh, I think it's someone skiing down a hill, and it says powder on it. Hey, wow, we got a fireplace! Yeah! Tonight we can roast some marshmallows. Uh, Bring any marshmallows? Ah, uh, no, but we can roast some Twinkies. <laughs> it's not the same thing, Dad. Hey, man, we got a tiny kitchen! Yeah, we won't be using it. We're gonna be eating out. And picking out, right? <laughs> Wow, we got bunk beds. Sits in them, no less. I'll take the bottom three. You can have the top three. This weekend's gonna be awesome. The awesomest. Okay, what do we do first? Okay, first, we go skiing. Then we come back here, we'll change our clothes, maybe go grab a bite at the old grog and dog. And then we'll stop by the main lodge in the arcade and play a couple of games of baby Pac-Man. And to top off the whole evening, we'll relax in the jacuzzi to soothe our tired muscles. You ready to hit the slopes? With every part of my body. <laughs> So there's even a kitchen here, which Edward says, which we're not going to be using because we are going to be eating out, pigging out on food. And Ricky uh, checks out, like, hey, we got bunk beds. There's six of them here. And Edward's like, well, I'll take the bottom three. You can take the top three. <laughs> wow. Well, that lodge is clearly made for six people. Ricky is so jazzed. He's like, hey, this weekend is going to be awesome. And his dad's like, well, it's going to be the awesomest. So Ricky's like, okay, what do we do first? And Edward's like, all right, first we're going to teach you how to ski, buddy, as they run out the door. And he says, all right, after that, we're going to come back here. We're going to change our clothes. We're going to grab a bite to eat in town. Then we are going to soak ourselves, our tired muscles, in a jacuzzi. It's going to be so, Edward says, hey, Rick, why don't you go on? I forgot to get something. I think more like he forgot, like, oh, I got to call Kate and let her know that we're here. So, Edward actually sn uh, slinks back in the room. He opens a slider and he grabs a handful of snow. I take it he's going to throw it right in Ricky's face. Of course, as soon as he gets out the door to get ready to throw this snowball, Ricky's one step ahead of Edward, and he launches one right in Edward's unexpecting face. Like, boosh! He's got a mouthful of snow now. So, Edward and Ricky come back from skiing, and <laughs> Ricky's like, you know, Dad, I only fell 18 times. Like... 18's a bit, but I mean, like they say, you gotta fall and get back up and keep going to really learn how to ski. And you can't learn how to ski and not fall down on your butt. But Ricky says he's pretty proud of himself. Um, they walk into the room and they see a fire going. I noticed food on the table set for two people with um, a glass of, uh, a bottle of wine. So I'm sure like, who's in our place? I'm guessing that Kate came up early, like her cat's fine or something, recuperating at the vet. 
plates of set okay now they do have actually three place settings i thought before there's only two and there's a couple wine glasses there that have been filled and edward's excited ricky of course is very disappointing he's like oh yeah that's great kate's here damn it so i'm gonna play this clip and we're gonna see how this plays out kate well we're thrilled that you're here but what about Fluffy? Oh, the operation was a complete success. I was there when she woke up. She saw me and gave me her crooked little grin, and then she went. Uh. <laughs> what does me? Oh, well, that's Fluffy's way of saying, go on, get out of here and enjoy yourself, you nut. <laughs> that speaks my language. <laughs> Well, let's sit down and eat while the food is hot. Why not? What do we got here? Hey, roast beef, baked potatoes, spinach. Oh, spinach. Isn't this fantastic? Yeah, it's uh, great. You can never get enough spinach. Oh, Kate, you brought some wine. Yes. Our favorite vintage, Chateau Marmont, 1973. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Fluffy came out of the operation. It was a success. And she did her little paw move, like, hey, Kate, go on, go skiing. I'll be fine here. And <laughs> uh, Ricky is not having this. You know, he and Edward were supposed to go out and eat. And Kate made a delicious looking meal. I mean, if I were into salad, I'd say yum. Um, she's got roast beef, she got baked potatoes, she got spinach, which Ricky, of course, turns his nose up at that. Like, eh, spinach, great. Ugh. Can't have enough spinach. We're supposed to be going out to eat, Dad. So, Kate, of course, is really oblivious. She assumes that Ricky is just fine with this, with, you know, her being up there. That was the original plan. Did Kate actually invite her before he talked to Ricky about her? her or he just said, hey, it's a ski trip. You, me, Kate. We're, it's going to be a great time. Because uh, Ricky is already... She has been there less than a few minutes, and... She is already cramping his style and his weekend with his dad. Like, Edward, this, I guess, is okay, but I think you need a do-over with your son that is just centered around you and him. Which I know eventually that Ricky is going to blow up. He is only going to be able to play nice for so long. Because what kid, honestly... <laughs> wants their parent and their new, the parent's new boyfriend or girlfriend or, or whatever cramping their style and coming on in, um, you know, 
outings that are supposed to be just the two of you. No kid wants that, especially in the beginning. You know, it's very important, especially, you know, if you're a divorced parent and you start dating somebody, that you include your child, but you make time for just you and your child. Because this is all new to him. It's like, when he first went to live with his dad, Edward and Kate were not a thing. They were not an item. And I bet that Ricky is probably now feeling like he kind of regrets maybe setting them up. Like, oh, he wants his dad to be happy and everything, and... You know, Kate is the perfect person for him, but now he gets the effects of how it's, how this relationship is affecting him. And Ricky even sees how his dad is making decisions without including Ricky. Like, oh, we can just cancel the ski trip and Ricky and I will come with you to the vet hospital. Not even placing Ricky's feelings into consideration whatsoever. Ricky, you get milk, of course. Of course. <laughs> ah, my favorite vintage. Dean's Dairy, February 19th. <laughs> oh, Kate, you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. Does anybody know where the library is? <laughs> what was that, son? Skip it. A toast to my fair Kate. Oh. You're pretty, you're smart, and you've stolen my heart. That's so sweet. So, Ricky, of course, gets milk, and he's like, oh, of course, my favorite vintage, February 19th, uh... I forgot what the name of the milk is, but he fills that glass up, like, to the brim, practically. And Edward and Kate are so googly-eyed at each other, and they're full-on making out in front of Rick. Like, save it for the bedroom, you two. You have a 12-year-old boy present. He does not need to see you playing tonsil hockey with each other <laughs> and at the dinner table of all places like dude i'm trying to eat here we were supposed to go home for dinner um <laughs> and, and edward is completely oblivious to this as well he just only got eyes for kate and he's like oh you've stolen my heart and oh here here let's make a toast and then we link our arms together and we each drink out of each other's uh champagne glass like <laughs> And Ricky is about ready to gag himself with his finger. Like, I mean, granted, Ricky, he's 12 years, a prepubescent boy. You know, he likes girls. He even had a girlfriend for like a day or an episode, Sally, whatever her face was. Um, but the idea, just, it's, she's coming in on this. This weekend that he wanted it to be him and his dad. And he's clearly realizing this is all about his dad and Kate now. That Derek's right. Those words are getting to him. <laughs> Ricky is doing some miming for the camera here. As he's um almost reenacting for us, the audience. Because the camera is mainly just focused right on Ricky. 
as he's like mouthing, oh, you're so sweet. And then he like crosses his arms and drinks out of his milk. Like, oh my God. What is the eyes? He's making these uh, seduction eyes as he's drinking his milk. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, bud? So Ricky is reading the Bible, what, in the dark? There's like a little bit of light. Where are Edward and Kate? Okay, I don't want to know. I don't want the answer to that question to be in the bedroom. Oh, so she got a room next to theirs. Okay, that's what that was. I'm like, yeah, they're not sharing a bed together. Not on the sitcom. They're not married. So, no, that's not happening. And she's looking at Edward the whole time, who's also in his pajamas. And she's like, good night, Ricky, as she is looking straight at Edward. And Ricky's like, oh, yeah, night, Kate. Thanks for the uh, spinach. So, Kate shuts the door, and Edward tries to get back into father mode. Like, oh, yeah, mm, you know what? These old legs aren't what they used to be, son. You know what, Edward? I hear ya. I hear ya, guy. I'm 36, almost 36 and a half, and I can feel it in my legs, too. But then again, my job requires me to stand in one spot for eight hours a day. And my legs do ache at the end of the day. <laughs> Um, they're actually on a pull-out bed from the couch. I thought they were gonna sleep in the, uh, the, uh, um, bunk beds? No, they were never gonna sleep in those bunk beds, were they? Ricky isn't even in his pajamas. He's still wearing that, uh, red sweater with the, uh, the white reindeer across the chest and the turtleneck, and he's still got the pants. He's got the Holy Bible in his hand there. Like, dude, you're not ready for Betty Bye. Well, ha! Oh boy, these old legs aren't as limber as they used to be. I am really, really bushed. Ah. Hey, son, you better get into your PJs, huh? Yeah, I was oh. wondering, you know, to have a chat first. Sure. Oh, wasn't this evening just wonderful? Oh, yeah. You and Kate got to kiss a lot. <laughs> and me? Well, I'm halfway through Deuteronomy. <laughs> oh, that's nice, son. <sighs> Dad, hmm. now that Kate's you, we got some time to, you know, pal around together. Oh, sure. We will have to make a few adjustments. Mm, that's though. What do you have, Dad? Keith's got six bunk beds for herself, and we're sharing a couch. That's funny, son. You're a funny. A funny kid. So Edward climbs into bed. He's so tired, and Ricky, he even notices, like, Ricky, you're not your PJs, and... Ricky's like, oh, yeah, I know. I will. I'll, I'll get into him soon. But he's like, hey, Dad, can we talk? And Edward's, like, ready for bed. And he is practically out like a light. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. So, of course we can talk, son. And he's like, oh, wasn't tonight wonderful? And Ricky's like, yeah, I got to see you and Kate make out a lot. That was great. Um, but uh, now that Kate's here, aren't we still going to do some uh, some guy stuff? And Edward's like, oh, yeah, we'll have to make a few adjustments. And and 
Ricky's like, yeah, Dad, th- we are. That's why we're on this pull-out couch instead of those six bunk beds, which is where Kate is sleeping. And Edward's just, he's oblivious. He has no idea how these this is now affecting his son. All he's got is, you know, eyes for Kate. And I'm like, this really... You could go skiing with Kate anytime. If you wanted a romantic weekend with your girlfriend, minus your son, you could have had that happen. But you could have at least done this for Ricky. And, uh, you know, keep... I mean, it's one thing to do things together, but now that Kate is there, Edward is completely focused on her and wants nothing to do with going out and doing, you know, all the things that he and Ricky had planned on doing when they first walked into the lodge there. Like, well, all that's out the window now. Like, you're not gonna go eat now. You're not gonna go roast Twinkies. You're not gonna do the, soak in a hot tub or a jacuzzi. Unless he's doing that with Kate. And it's like, I get that Ricky is left out, and it sucks. It really, really does. And I think the idea of, like, Kate coming along, it's just, I don't know. He really should be focusing on his son right now. I mean, yeah, it's fine to have a relationship, but you need to build the relationship more with your son than you do with your girlfriend right now. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, there should be room for both, but he's not putting his son's feelings into consideration at all. Funny. Kid. Mm. (laughs) Dad, can I talk to you? Man to man. Oh, sure, son, shoot. (sighs) Well, Dad, ever since Kate got here, I've been feeling kind of left out. Now, I know, I know I told you that I was afraid that Kate would feel left out. But I only said that because deep down inside, I was afraid that I'd be left out. And now I am. I hate to say this, but I feel like you're ignoring me. <laughs> Dad. Dad. <laughs> Dad, I want to talk to you about Kate. Hmm, Kate. Oh. Sure looks good in her ski pants. saying, you know, I know I said about, you know, the idea of Kate feeling left out, but I'm feeling left out. You know, you said we would do all this stuff, and now that Kate's here, it's like, I feel like you're ignoring me as Edward lets out a loud snore. And Ricky's not having his, like, shoving his dad, like, Dad, I'm trying to talk to you man-to-man here. I'm trying to have a conversation about Kate. And 
Everyone's like, oh yeah, she looks good in those ski pants. And like, <sighs> Finally, Ricky, and I'm not surprised that he, he, he does this. He goes over, takes a pad of paper and a pen, and writes to his dad like, hey, I've heard that three's a crowd. Like the episode title. And he's like, I'm leaving so you and Kate can have a weekend together. And he signs it. You're uh, a boy named Rick or something like that. Like, oh, poor kid. And you hear at first a little bit of laughter, but then you hear the, aww. And Ricky takes a little bit of tape out of the first aid kit and tapes the letter to the lamp. So uh, Ricky goes over, kisses his father on the forehead, and his dad kind of, like, snores really loudly. Like, he's, like... Not woken up, but he's like surprised to be touched. Like, what? what, what? <laughs> Ricky kind of jumps back at first, like, oh crap, did I wake him up? Ricky turns off the lamp, grabs his coat, and he is out the door. Now it looks like it's. Is it the next day? Because it's still kind of semi dark out a bit as Edward, like, wakes up, but he's on. He's at the foot of the bed instead of the top of it. Edward turns the light on, and in doing so, he ends up getting that piece of tape stuck to that letter on his hand. Hopefully he'll actually read the letter. What is- he's not even noticing the letter! He's like scratching his head as the letter is still stuck to his hand, now it's stuck in his hair. It's like, what are you doing? Now the letter's stuck to the side of his head, and he's like- he's just doing some comedic bit where he's like walking around in a circle. Like, what is this at the side of my head? As he rips the letter from the side of his head, the tape that was attached to his hair, of course, he probably rips out a few hairs as he's now reading the letter. He reads the letter and then he screams for Kate. Kate, get in here! Like, oh yeah, this is not good. Like, yeah, your son's gone. shows her the note and she reads it and immediately her hand goes up to her heart like oh no. I think in a way she must feel like she is responsible for him leaving. Um, and Edward's like hey you call home see if he went there I will go uh, call the ski patrol but then of course there's a comedic bit of them both going for the phone at the same time and then again and then he finally says, you make both calls. I will go outside and see if anyone has seen him. And he hopes that maybe he just left, uh, like, a few, like, minutes ago. Like, no, it's been hours. He left, like, as soon as you, like, knocked out. So, I guess there is, like, a butler or somebody named Jenkins at the house that Kate talks to to ask if rookies come home. Hello, Jenkins. This is Kate. Has Ricky come home? 
Ricky Stratton. <laughs> Never mind, I guess he hasn't. Jenkins guy must not know who the heck Ricky is because Kate has to repeat herself. Ricky Stratton. Ugh. Never mind. I guess he's not there. She hangs up the phone. Now she's on the phone with like the ski patrol people. And while she's on the phone, we get Edward who of course ran outside, no shoes on, in his pajamas. And we see him hopping around in the snow like, ah, ah, it's so cold. Because we see him where that slider door is, and then we hear him scream, Ricky! And then you hear the echo, of course, snow gets dumped on his head. Like a little mini avalanche. Of course, Edward is upset, so he's not going to think rationally as he's rushing out the door to try to find his son, and he's not exactly dressed to be outside. Oh, are you kidding me? That slider door is locked? Oh, he's probably- Kate's on the phone. He's gonna have to knock on that window- on that, uh, slider door. She has to call the operator to get a hold of the ski patrol? That should be an emergency number that is by that phone! What? Ugh. Unless it's- you call the operator person that's working there and then they, uh, get you in touch with the ski patrol. And Kate's like, oh, what? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Like, what? What happened? As Edward comes in, so now we'll eventually be able to find out what happened exactly that left her aghast. Well, did you get the ski patrol? Not exactly. There's a blizzard outside and there are people that are missing. Well, so the ski patrol's looking for them? No, they're the ones that are missing. <laughs> I guess the snow patrol is lost out there in this blizzard. Like, oh, good grief. So Edward decides, hey, we'll go to the ski lodge. We'll organize our own search party. And he goes to rush outside. And even Kate's like, Edward, you can't go out there like that. So he grabs his hat and rushes out there as Kate grabs her coat, Edward's coat, probably his boots and other things so he can get properly dressed. So he's not freezing outside. So it looks like they're coming back. And I don't know how much time has been gone, but have they found? They haven't found him yet. Maybe he came back. Uh, Ricky came back to the room. So Kate is trying to like comfort and try to help warm Edward up because he's still got on his flannel pajamas and Kate is decked out as she should be to stay warm and he, Edward, is like shivering <laughs> as Kate's telling him, hey, don't worry, we can wait a bit and we can go back out and look, we will find him. And at least, apparently, they did rescue the ski patrol, so Kate says, you know, that's at least, that's something. Well, I'm going to play this clip as Edward is now feeling very guilty. The fact that he and Ricky had this thing planned and Kate shows up and kind of, you know, Ricky ends up leaving because he feels like a third wheel. Kate, I feel so guilty. 
Yesterday, Rick and I were having a great time together, and then you showed up, and I plain ignored him. I could kick myself. And I will, as soon as my leg defrosts. Oh, Edward, don't blame yourself. It's, it's my fault. Why, you never would have ignored Ricky if I hadn't have shown up. I should never have come. You're right. Oh, don't be sensitive, Kate. I'm not blaming you. I'm just agreeing. It was your fault. Oh, for a moment there, I thought you were blaming me. Well, it's not even you. It's any woman. It just so happens it was you. What do you mean, any woman? I am simply talking about the intrusion that a woman makes on a father-son relationship. That's all. I am only saying that you came in and botched up the whole works. You don't have to take it personally. <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry. I'm just so scared. I've never been this scared in my whole life. I want my son back. You'll get him back. Safe and sound. If I do, I swear to you, I will never ever ignore him again. So, after Edward's done blaming himself, he is kind of blaming Kate, like, you know, Ricky and I had these plans, you came in, you kind of messed things up, and he's like, Kate, don't take it personal, this could have been any person, that woman that had come into my life and disrupted my relationship with my son. And, and Kate can't help but get a little uh, waterworks teary-eyed because, you know, it's like, yes, you're blaming me, I understand. And he's like, I just want my son back. I just, I've never been so scared in my life. I just, something could have happened to him and, and I just, I, I promise if I, if I find him, I'll just, I'll never ignore him again. And they hug, and who walks through the door? Kid, your dad is going to rip into you like there is no tomorrow. Even as, as Edward was getting so angry, it's like that, that jugular vein in his neck was just bulging. He was so angry and frustrated and scared. I mean, there's a blizzard outside, and his kid is missing. Hi, Dad. Later, son, huh? <laughs> You. Oh, son, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. But didn't you hear the ski patrol was looking for a lost kid? Uh. <laughs> Rick, they're looking for you. We thought you were lost. That's ridiculous. I'm not lost. I'm right here. <laughs> but you left us a note saying that you were leaving. No, no, you see, I started to leave. But it was snowing so bad that I decided to sleep in the van. Then I woke up, saw you guys weren't here. I left you another note telling you I was in the main lodge playing video games. Where? What other note? I left it right on the couch. There's no note on the couch. There you go. Dad, I owe you an apology. You too, Kate. It was dumb of me to get jealous of the attention my dad was giving you. I mean, you guys are in love. You should give each other a lot of attention. I'm just sorry I caused so much trouble. Son, 
I owe you an apology, too. I made you feel like a third wheel, and there's absolutely no excuse for that. So from now on, whenever you feel like I'm ignoring you, I want you to tell me. Deal? Deal. Okay. Can I have a hug? You bet. So Ricky comes in, and Kate and Edward are hugging, and and Ricky's like, hey, Dad, and Edward's like, not now, son, but then he realizes, he turns and looks, and they, Kate and Edward both jump up, like, oh my gosh, we were worried sick about you, as Edward hugs Ricky, and he's like, and Ricky mentions something about, you know, the ski patrol's looking for a lost kid. And Edward's like, yeah, they're out there looking for you. Where have you been? And he mentioned, like, hey, I left a note saying that I was going to leave. And and then I came back and you guys were not here. And then I left another note on the bed, which apparently they're, like, pulling the sheets off. Like, I don't see a note here. It's stuck to Edward's butt as Ricky pulls it off. Because Ricky says, I left you a note saying that I was in the arcade playing games because there's a blizzard out. And Edward tells him, like, son, I never meant to make you feel like you were a third wheel, okay? And if you ever feel this way of feeling neglected and left out, come and talk to me. And I, I thought Ricky was going to like, yeah, dad, I tried to last night. You're like asleep. You... Wouldn't wake up long enough for me to explain how I'm feeling, but. <clears throat> and Ricky, of course, I guess is feeling a little guilty. Like, I'm sorry, you know, you guys are happy. You should be in love and be able to, you know, spend time together. And I just feel I don't want to stand in the way of that. And it's just, it works out in the end, you know. It, they all hug and it's just, it's sweet. So Ricky does tell Kate, you know, I was jealous Wrong of me to be jealous of the attention that my dad is giving you. You guys are in love. And that you should give each other a lot of attention. Guys, this is just, he's sweet. And I love, it just, yeah, you might think, you know, this is sappy. It all turns out in the, it's a sitcom, guys. Come on. It's a family sitcom. Things work out in 22 minutes. That's how it is. But it's just, it's sweet. Now, you know, they all come together and things are good. So. He said he slept in a van. That must be the van they came up in. That's gotta be freezing. There'd be no heat in that thing. So, <laughs> this is cute as he's hugging his dad. Ricky's like, Dad? And he's like, yeah, son. Like, I think I know what it's like to hug a popsicle. As he's starting to <laughs> lisp here. With probably because he's cold, too. And Kate kind of laughed at this, like, oh, that was cute. So, guys, that's the episode. Alright, now it's time for my episode rating. I'm going to rate this one. I think I'm going to rate this one a little on the low end. Instead of going, like, average 3 out of 5, I'm going to honestly give it a 2 out of 5 trains. Um, The two things I liked about it, I, I like the ending, how it all worked out with um, Ricky and Edward and Kate. You know, Edward realized that he was putting his relationship first with Kate over his relationship with his son. 
And I kind of like the fact that when Ricky came back, he does mention that, you know, I wrote another note to you saying where I was because I did come back here. So at least he is explaining himself. Um, but the things I just, a lot of it was the physical comedy with, with Edward, you know, when he was out in the snow and he was in his pajamas, he had no shoes on and just the thing with the note being taped to his head. I'm like, it just, it was, it seems like that kind of, they're like looking for filler to stretch the episode out a bit. And, um... The other, the other thing, I guess, um, would be, um, Derek. Or no, well, Derek's just usually himself. I'm not gonna use him as a reason. Um, Edward and Kate get all up on each other in front of Ricky like that while they're sitting down to dinner. It's like, you're not even giving your son any attention whatsoever. You're totally... I know it's a new relationship and everything, but even eventually Edward does explain to Kate, like, whether it were you or any lady that I was with, I should be putting my son first. So, yeah. It just, it just felt, the, the physical gag comedy just, I, that slapstick, it's, it's cute and all at first, but when it drags on like that, it really does bring the rating of the episode down for me, so. Um, a silver spoonful. I'm just gonna say, if you have kids and you're dating a new person, put yourself in their shoes. Think about how your child must feel. You know, the fact that there's a new person in your life and you're spending a lot of time, you're kind of, don't neglect your children. Always put your children first. No relationship, honestly, is worth destroying your relationship with your child. That's what I gotta say. So, I, like I said, I don't have kids, but I am a child of divorce. I know what it's like to have a father who's <clears throat> who who dates what would date women and stuff like that, and I always felt like I was kind of the third wheel. So speaking from a child of experience, like I know what that's like. So <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about next week's episode because this is we're getting very close to the end. This is season one, episode twenty, entitled "The Empire Strikes Out." And this that we do get a return of Grandfather Stratton, who offers Kate an executive position in California. Mind you, they are in New York. So Grandfather Stratton is hoping that Edward will marry an heiress to expand the family fortune. But when Kate finds out, Edward's relationships with both her and his father seem to be over. Yeah. This is not going to play out well. Clearly, oh, we do get, okay, so we do get Dexter. Oh, we get Leonard. Okay, I wonder if we're going to get an explanation as to maybe Leonard takes that job in California instead of Kate. Because you know that Leonard is not going to be with us after this season. Dexter has clearly moved in to take over 
in a way. Um, so, yeah, I think Edward is just going to stand up to his father and say, hey, what my relationship is with my secretary now slash girlfriend is really none of your business. You do not have any... You do not have... You cannot just be stepping in here and making calls like this. I mean, come on. I gotta say, yeah, I'm not a fan of Grandfather Stratton at all. I know, R.I.P., it's sad, the actor passed away, but still, the character, I don't, he is too stuffy, which, you know, he comes from old money, so, but, I don't like him. Luckily, he's got Ricky to try to balance that man out and, like, make him semi-less of a curmudgeon, but, alright, so let's... Say hey to some listeners. We got Laurel, Maryland, Reno, Nevada, Queenstown, Maryland, Orlando, Florida, Los Angeles, California, Columbia, Missouri, Mexicali, Mexico, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, Monterey, Mexico, Madrid, Spain, Cleveland, Ohio, Brazil, Palm Desert, California, Janesville, Wisconsin, Meta de Brazil, Ecuador. I guess this is Louisiana, Brazil, Dresden, Germany, Brazil. Uh, I can't even pronounce Bolivia, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amsterdam, New York, Rocky Mount. North Carolina, Brazil, Hurricane West Virginia, Salvador, Brazil, Russian Federation, Avon Lake, Ohio, Izmir, Turkey, Barcelona, Spain, Colombia, Japan, Takenawa, Japan, Brazil, Hagerstown, Maryland, St. John, Canada, Puerto Rico, Mexico, San Paulo, California, San Jose, Costa Rica, Argent San Luis, Argentina, Brazil, Turkey, Turkey, Mexico, Turkey, Houston, Texas, Mexico, Spain, and Honduras. All right, everyone have a wonderful rest of the week. We are on Wednesday now, so halfway through the work slash school week, so... All right, I'll be back uh, next week with the new Silver Spoons episode. Bye-bye.